problem. Hi, everyone. Um, my DJ name is uh, Filibuster Rhymes. <laughs> uh, I think I said this before, Filibuster Rhymes. If you don't get it, look it up. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, I'm going to be talking about women in politics, which is my favorite thing ever to talk about, um, and also is super important and relevant because we just had an election on Tuesday. Um, so let's get into it. So um, there's been a lot of talk lately uh, by like morning news shows and politicians and just people calling 2018 the year of the woman. Um, and... The reason that people keep saying this is because there's been this huge increase in the number of female candidates running for office. Um, and so I've been following this pretty closely. Um, and just full disclosure before I do start this, I already said this, I love women in politics. Um, but this is what I'm writing my thesis on. So I'm pretty into it. Um, so I just want to be upfront about that. Um, I might be a little biased, but also I'm still trying to be pretty nonpartisan about this all. Um, I'm not focused on, you know, the party of women in office. I'm just focused on the fact that there should be women in office. Um, and there's tons of research to basically back this view that there should be women in office. Um, so there's something called descriptive representation. Um, and that means that it's the idea that um, elected representatives not only should represent the, like, preferences and ideas of their constituents, um, but that they also should represent um, the politically relevant descriptive characteristics of their constituents, such as gender, nationality, race, socioeconomic status, um, occupation, the list goes on and on and on. Um, and so there's not a ton of research, or um, excuse me, there is a ton of research um, that supports the idea that a diverse legislative body is important because it provides a historically it, it provides historically underrepresented groups with um, a voice in the political arena. Um, so, for example, female legislators are more likely than their male counterparts to pursue legislative solutions to women's problems, addressing issues such as equal pay, family and parental leave, and domestic abuse. Um, many of those are nonpartisan issues. I feel like all of them are, or they should be. Um, so, anyway, you're the woman. It's been an exciting time for women in politics. Uh, more female candidates filed to run than ever before this election season. Um, so here we are, two days after. Um, can we say that it's been the year of the woman? Um, I don't really know. <laughs> so I'm going to talk through it with you and try and figure it out. Um, so race results are still coming in, I think. But as of 2 p.m. this afternoon when I was writing this, 98 women, women had won their house races, which is up from the current record of 84 women serving in the current 115th Congress. Um, additionally, at least 12 women have won Senate seats. There's a few that are still being counted. Um, and they will join 10 female senators who were not up for re-election this year. So this means that at least 121 women will serve in the 116th Congress, which is up from the current high of 107. At first glance, whoa, that's really cool. Sounds great if you're a supporter of equal um, female political representation. But um, these numbers still mean that women make up almost 23% of Congress. Uh, that's not great. Um, and not to harsh on everyone's like year of the woman vibe, but that's not even a quarter of Congress. Um, 
women make up more than half of the population. I googled it. Currently, we're sitting at 50.8% of the population in the United States, uh, but we're sitting at less than 23% of Congress. Um, and so, as I was saying about descriptive representation, that's not a win. Uh, it's 2018, dudes. We can do better than this. So, um, there are some really cool things that happened on Tuesday that we should celebrate in terms of women in politics. Um, so, I'm going to list some historic firsts. I apologize in advance because I'm not the best at pronouncing names. Um, so, Ayanna Presley became the first woman of color in her state's congressional delegation. Um, oh, that got deleted. I don't know where she's from. I'm so sorry about that. Um, Rashada Tlaib from Michigan will be the first Palestinian-American Muslim woman in Congress. Alon Omar in Minnesota will be the first Somali-American Muslim woman in the House and the first woman of color to represent Minnesota in Congress. Sharice Davids from, Can from Kansas will be the first Native American woman and openly gay lawmaker to represent Kansas in Congress. Um, she defeated a four-term incumbent, so that's a big win for her. Um, Deb Howland will be the first Native American woman elected to Congress to represent New Mexico in the House. Um, Johanna Hayes will be the first African-American woman to represent Connecticut in Congress, and she was the former Teacher of the Year. Um, there's been a video circling around the internet of her and Obama that's really cute, so you should go watch that if you haven't. Um, Christy Noam will be South Dakota's first female governor. Veronica Escobar will be, the first, will be one of the first two Latino women to represent Texas in the House. Um, she's taking Beto O'Rourke's uh, congressional seat, and she's representing El Paso. Sylvia Garcia is the other Latina from Texas heading to Congress. She was previously a state senator. Abby Finkenhauer is one of the first two women to represent Iowa in the House. Um, and Cindy Axney is the other. Janet Mills will be the first female governor of Maine. And in Tennessee, Republican Marsha Blackburn became the state's first woman elected to the Senate. The, like, Senate uh, in D.C., not the state senate that would be really sad um okay so that's just a few um we were going to play a segment segment tonight written by molly that was a look at um what it means now that the democrats have flipped the house just like kind of going through that um so listen to that next week but in it uh she was going to talk about how of the 30 uh flips that have wow 30 seats that have been flipped um 19 of them were flipped by female candidates, which is pretty cool. Um, that means that women led the so-called blue wave this year. Way to go, ladies. Uh, <laughs> so there's lots of other candidates at the state, state and local level. Um, four new female governors. I don't have time to go into them all, but that's just some of our historic firsts. So um, there are some things to celebrate. Additionally, younger, non-incumbent, and first-time female candidates fared strikingly well. The Center for American Women in Politics says that more non-incumbent women, so people that haven't held elective office before, um, were elected to the House, and then, so more of them were elected to the House than in any other election in U.S. history. Um, not all women won. Not all women won last night. Um, several prominent women were also defeated. Senator Claire McCaskill lost to Josh Hawley in Missouri. Amy McGrath lost a closely watched House race in Kentucky. Senator Heidi Heitkamp lost her re-election race in North Dakota. Stacey Abrams in Georgia. Um, I think there's still stuff kind of going on with that. Not sure they might be recounting. Um, 
she had hoped to be the first black woman um, in the country to be elected governor. She's currently trailing her Republican opponent, uh, Brian Kemp. But I think that one's still TBD. Um, I also want to talk a little about state legislatures. So uh, this election, Nevada had the chance to become the first state ever to have 50% of their legislature made up of women in history ever, ever, ever. <laughs> um, it's not looking great. There are still some seats that uh, are like kind of up for dispute. Um, some of them are just being recounted because they're really close. And then one of them, I don't know if you've heard about this, but um, Nevada elected a dead brothel owner to the state legislature. Yeah, I'll say that again. Um, a dead pimp was elected to the Nevada state legislature. So, yes. I'm sorry, this man is not... He's dead. He's been dead for a month. Um, and this is kind of the what? joke. Like, they voted for a dead dude over a Democrat. What? Yeah. What does um, that even mean, then, for the office? Does so, he, it's just empty? Or like? So, they have to um, reappoint... They have to appoint someone. Um, and that was the idea, is that the, the uh, district is pretty conservative and voted for um a dead man it was it was like well known that he had died um i'm not sure how i didn't do that much googling but you definitely could um but yeah publicly known that he had passed away uh but the district still voted for him uh because someone will i don't know how it works but someone will appoint someone to replace him um and it'll be a republican and that was for them a better choice than a democrat interesting time i guess (laughs) dead dudes over democrats Um, anyway, uh, it's almost certainly a long shot at this point, um, but women are getting close to, re- uh, reaching 50% legislatures, uh, but we haven't gotten there yet. Um, and this is what I'm writing my thesis on, uh, why are we not there? Uh, and there's a lot of different ideas. Um, I'm going to breeze through them really fast because I'm watching the computer on my clock or the clock on time. my computer tick away. Um, but yeah, why have we not reached 50% women in any state legislature or Congress ever? So data shows, there's lots of data on this. Um, it's kind of overwhelming to dig through. Um, that if women run for office, they win at the same rates as men. And so that that's not necessarily the problem. The problem lies in, um, there's a gender gap in political ambition. So women are less likely to consider running for political office than their equally qualified male counterparts. Um, part of this is because they uh, are much less likely to receive encouragement from party leaders, um, family members, teachers, just like anyone being like, hey, yo, you're great. You should run for office. Um, And so they don't think about it and then they don't run. Um, And so because women are less interested in politics, because frankly, it's like not the most inviting arena. um, And then also party leaders don't reach out to them. Uh, there's just a gap in the number of women running. That's changed this year. Um, and that's what I'm going to be doing my research on is how does that change with, like, you know, Trump and these, like, giant waves of female candidates that we're seeing. Um, something else that exists and, like, explains these, like, different, um, you know, numbers of female representation, like, like Arizona's going to send, regardless of who wins, the Senate race in Arizona is still ongoing. Regardless of who wins, Arizona will be sending its first female senator to the Senate ever, um, where other states have been sending women to Congress for years and years. So why do some states elect women and some states don't? Um, there's a theory out there that says there's the existence of female-friendly districts. 
Um, and these districts tend to be urban, not heavily conservative, not in the South, and they have larger populations of both racial minorities and educated individuals. Um, so these districts are more likely to have a history of electing women. And then there's also research out there that shows that once a woman is elected to a district or a state, um, it becomes much easier for other women to get elected. Um, and that makes sense because role models are great <laughs> and convince you to do cool things and be ambitious too. Uh, the last kind of thing is that, that I wanted to touch on um, is that progress in female representation in Congress has been confined almost exclusively to the Democratic side. Um, in 1980, the number of Democratic and Republican women running for office was, or holding office, excuse me, was equivalent. Um, but since then, the Democrats have seen a sharp increase in the number of women running and winning elections, while Republicans have not. Um, so, like I've said, there's still races being tallied. Um, but of the 121 women elected to this next Congress so far, only 18 are Republican. 18? Um, 103 are Democrats. And so if gender parity in political representation is a goal, which I'm saying it should be, maybe that's not everyone's view, um, it needs to be a bipartisan effort. It can't just be confined to one side of the aisle. Um, and so part of this is that um, the Republican Party, neither neither side has like set an official goal of like, let's reach 50% of our delegation as women or really any other group. Um, but uh, on the Republican side, leaders of the party have made public statements about the need to increase the number of female candidates. Many uh, Republican legislators are uncomfortable with the idea of groups-based group-based rights and representation um, as the Republican Party platform is inherently opposed to identity politics. So that's just an interesting balance to strike. Um, as mentioned uh, before, uh, one of the things in these like female-friendly districts that help predict um, whether or not a woman will, can, or is elected to office um, is the, Republican of a state, the Republicanism of a state's electorate. And that's a huge predictor in deciding whether women <laughs> are elected or not. Um, so, yeah, really interesting stuff. Uh, can we call it the year of the woman if it's so one-sided? I don't really think so. Um, but as I've said, progress has been made, and it's an exciting time. So stay tuned. <laughs>